Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. There is shenanigans afoot. Well, not shenanigans, malaise, frustration. There is certainly frustration afoot because recently we had a conversation with Rand Fishkin, who basically said, uh, we're done with Zuckerberg. This guy's ripping us off. I don't care anymore. We're just going full SEO. And I, I, I agreed with him. He convinced me. I enjoyed the conversation, but what I did not expect, because I am a terrible predictor of what will and will not resonate with you, my friends, as far as the interviews we record, I knew it was a good episode. I didn't realize that the response to it would be so tremendous. I mean, really, you, you spoke, you loved it. But the catch to that conversation was that Rand is not a Facebook ads guy. I need the other side of the conversation. I need someone who is a media buyer, who is working with media buyers, who is knee deep in trying to make this work day in, day out, who has the experience and who could tell us uh, in depth more of, of what's going on. I want to know, you know what's happening in the streets with, with Facebook ads. And so to help me figure that out, I have invited... Andrew Foxwell from Foxwell Digital to join us. And not only does he advise companies on marketing strategies and, and digital ad campaigns, he also runs a community uh, that I happen to be a member of with 400 digital marketers, all ranging in, in levels of expertise from beginning to expert. And collectively, that group spends over $100 million per month on Facebook and Instagram, on meta ads. And so he seems like someone who could try and Try and help us out here. But first, I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Tech nasty. And this is the unofficial Shopify podcast. Mr. Foxwell, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kurt. It's always good to talk to you. Give me a temperature check. Like, <laughs> what's going on in here? Because my crew, very frustrated with mm -hmm. what they feel like is just wasting money on Facebook ads for sales they were going to get anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say from the outset of the interview, what we were talking about before that I think one of my goals with this interview um, is to speak as if it's just you and I, because I think sometimes previously in podcasts that I've listened to too, it sounds, it just sounds more canned and doesn't sound like a real conversation. So I'm going to give you my honest read about sort of what's going on. Um, you know, I think the, the, the first thing is, I think we got as advertisers and brand owners, I think we got spoiled by the way that it worked before um, and how well it worked before. Um, I know certainly I did. You know, I could I could launch an ads for a suboptimal product to the PDP. Um, and when I say ads, I mean, I'm talking about just meta ads, right? At that point, just Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And it would do pretty well. Um, I think where we stand now is we... I, I, so we got spoiled. And I think where we're saying now is we have an issue where the way that many people measured how successful a campaign was um, is outdated for the most part. Um, so, you you know, you're not able to really rely on purchase or conversion based in platform metrics from Meta because that's modeled. Um, I'm not saying you can disregard them entirely, but you're not able to really rely on them completely. Um you and you really have to figure out a measurement plan. You have to know like what am I going to measure and how am I going to measure this to actually to no success. Then it requires a lot of different steps. Um, and I think uh, the landscape is more competitive. I think that it's more expensive. And because of the data loss and signal loss that we have from after iOS 14 um, of people opting out, the optimization algorithm um, is not as effective as it was in as short of a period as it used to be. So you have a lot of people that really bet the farm on Facebook and now uh, even, you know, even agencies. I mean, we have to agencies that are successful now that have that led with meta ads four or five years ago are now doing they have to do more. They have to do creative services. They have to do email. They have to do um uh, you know, probably Google ads to some degree, right? So it requires a lot more work um, to make, to have a successful product. And a lot of people don't have the bandwidth. And so people in your audience, I'm sure a lot of these people are solo practitioners. They're doing it themselves. And like, honestly, I spend all day doing this and it's a lot of work for me. So if I'm a brand owner that used to be able to run Facebook ads myself, that's just a re that, that it's exponential the challenge and the time that you have to dedicate to it so i think that's a little bit in a nutshell where we stand um and why an episode you know like with rand resonated with people because people are frustrated and then you you know compile it with things i haven't even talked about which are like technical issues uh banning issues bugs um sales uh issues with fate with meta so um you know it, it, it that just piles on and makes you feel like what in the hell is happening? Yeah, you just go like it's an uphill. Sometimes it really feels like an uphill battle in which they are actively trying to make me just quit running ads on the platform between like business managers seeming necessity to redesign itself every uh, like six to seven days. And like the just the weird bugs that happen. And then you're right where it'll just be like, uh, you know, you're. It's like, oh, I was, I was selling screwdrivers, and then Facebook said that those are weapons and kicked me off the platform. You're like, what? <laughs> what's going on here? And you, you hear those stories, and then attribution's broken. We can't, we don't trust it. 
Roa, even with broken modeled attribution, my ROAS numbers are still down. And so I really like have no idea what does or doesn't work. And then you're right, on top of it, it went from in the past where it's like, all right, you make a, you have a really attractive ad, which was an image and a headline, right? And then you sent it to a landing page. And that would work. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. Now, to get anyone's attention, I need to have portrait video. And I need to, it needs to be clever on top of it. That's not easy. Like, even if you're just sitting around making a 10 to 30 second portrait video every single day, how often do you get hits? And like, that's just dumping stuff into the algorithm organically, let alone like trying to get paid ads to work that way. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it's important to point out, too, that um, I the thing that I always wonder is when I hear from a brand or an agency that says I'm really struggling. Um, my first thing is about, you know, yes, I hear you. That sucks. Right. Um, the question that I have is how much is this a function of the immediate question that comes to my mind? How much is, of, is this a function of actually things are, you know, sales might be down. They're not. I talked to an agency owner the other day said, or a brand owner the other day. And he said, our sales are even year over year. Okay. Um, but Facebook looks a lot worse. Post-purchase survey shows 70% of our conversions are because of Facebook and Instagram. That's what people will say. Yeah, that's where I heard about it from. And in the back-end attribution, uh, it was something like only showing 20% of conversions were attributable over a 14-day period. Or, yeah, I think it was 14 days to meta Facebook and Instagram. Okay. So my first question always is like, how much of this is a function of people not truly having like a measurement plan and understanding like, okay, what am I going to look at here? Right. And I think another thing that I've really had to bone up on is, you know, Kurt, you have an MBA, so this is not news to you. I mean, it's like basic financial calculations, right. Of running a brand. And I don't agency owners, we were not, this is not something we did before, but if you're going to do your job successfully today, you have to know how to look at that and you have to say, okay, how are we backing into customer lifetime value? How are we backing into looking at a blended return on ad spend? You know, like that, you have to be able to speak to, you know, the things that all the merchants you guys know, I mean, people listen to your podcast um, and, and help walk people through that. And the measurement plan is going to look a little bit different for everybody, but I think some of it's like, how much is it is that we're actually just like not measuring the right way? Um, and how much is it that actually things are awful and they're not doing well? And I think that if you look at the agencies in our, in our membership, for example, that are successful, what they've done is they've mapped a couple things out. One is they've have they have they have some way of explaining a measurement plan to people so they're saying here's what we're looking at here's why here's the windows we're looking at here's how we're making decisions in the short term and the long term here's how we're also going to use the combination of meta properties performance max likely um think potentially some TikTok, depending on your niche and your vertical that you're in um some third-party uh measurement tool probably designing landing pages as well and some sort of creative testing protocol. Okay. Now that's like six things, right? And we I mean, it used to be like one really, right? You'd take ads and you'd put them on the platform. So now that, but the people that are successful are doing that work. And, um, 
I think a lot of it is the trust factor too, to be honest. I, I think a lot of people, they don't trust meta. And so because the agency can't explain things properly of how they're doing it, because maybe they don't know, then the trust is lost and people are like, well, I'm going to bring it in house. And then they continue to flounder. Um, so that's a challenge as well. I mean, you have to, I mean, there's so many places you can go with this. I mean, even let's, one thing that comes to mind too, outside of the measurement plan thing, the shift to looking at the type of content that works, like you said, has to have a hook. It has to have, it has to be quick. It has to be in the first three seconds and not, and not always, but you have to have that as part of the mix. Um, you know, we had a brand that, that we were working with for about four or five months this year and they refused to do an EUGC. And I was like, well, that's going to be an issue. They didn't like the way that it looked on their brand. My eyebrows and, just about hit the ceiling at that comment. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't, they, they didn't feel they would do, they would say, yes, we did agree to do UGC, but they didn't. None of it was really in, in brand. And these are good people. Like I really and liked it, working with them to be honest. What with was you. the resistance? It was that the brand was, they, it was like they felt that the brand was most important. And so they weren't really willing to test things in the way that we wanted to, because they felt that the brand was more upmarket. So they thought what, like UGC, real authentic UGC has a look and it's not like this super polished. Yeah. Branded and wanna, like Apple is not using that. UGC. Right. Like they, they felt that their contemporaries were Yeti and other, and, um, uh, uh, Viore clothing and things, right? They were wanting to go up market, which I'm not, I don't necessarily disagree with, but I'm saying you have to have some UGC in there. You, you have to have a diverse set of content because not everybody's going to respond to that. Yeah. Right? That's like, what's odd there. Like this um, is, it's not mutually exclusive. Right. But I mean, like, why my, 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 right. And ultimately it ended up not working with them because that was a real challenge for us. And they brought it back in house and stuff. And that's okay. Like I, I guess what I'm reason I bring that up is like, there's so many things now that you, that have to be part of the equation that weren't before. So if you're a brand owner, you're looking at this, it's like you, you were able to take, like you said, a static ad and get it going and it ran for conversions and purchases and you could trust it. Well, now you, you do that. And number one, right out of the gates, you launch it and your purchase conversion pixel is modeled data from Facebook. So model data meaning like yeah this meaning is meaning Facebook guess. is yeah yes exactly and you know I put out a tweet yesterday stupidly which I without <laughs> thinking too much about it because because I said I can't believe how many agencies are still using only meta numbers to measure measure purchases well then everybody told me I was an idiot on the internet which is the best you know <laughs> and I'm like well no like what I mean is is that like you can't only look at that only one thing purchases from meta which is what we all used to do Right. But now it's modeled. So like people are scaling on numbers that aren't real. Yeah. So that's even before you do anything, that's confusing. If I went to the IRS and said, hey, look, I, I got to pay my taxes. I'll tell you what I made. Here's my income statement. It's modeled. And it's just modeled income. Like this is what based on uh, some inputs we feel we made. Uh, that's what I'm going to pay taxes on. And it would not fly. And yet for the sums of money that people are spending with Facebook, not everybody, but enough people it's a little shocking that they get away with calling it model data accidents happen maybe you installed an app and it messed up your theme or a store collaborator deleted product images by mistake common myth shopify is a backup that you can use when something goes wrong with your store untrue they don't myth busted so what do you do you use rewind 
to equip your Shopify store with automated backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nix and Movement Watches. It's even a Shopify Plus certified app. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Find it in the Shopify App Store or visit rewind.com. Yeah, yeah. And I, so, I mean, that's confusing too. But if you, it, it, this is the crap on Facebook Fest, obviously, but I think that if you, it, it is important to validate that there are brands that I see every day that are still successful using Meta as the lead channel. And there are agencies that are successful today using Meta as a lead channel. And what it really comes down to is a combination of the things we've talked about. It comes down to they understand and clearly know the path that they're heading with some sort of measurement plan. And that includes usually a mix of in-platform numbers, numbers from a third-party attribution tool. And, you know, that would be... You know, we know the players in that game. Now, is that like post purchase, or is that like this would be this would be first like, party data? This would be like first party. This would be like a North Beam, a Triple Whale, a Rocker Box. Like they have some okay. other validation. Then they're also having GA usually, um, which is measuring you know a lot of different things. But mostly, you're looking at things like time on site and UTM parameters, and you're triangulating those numbers. Okay, and then the post purchase as the final part of that um so that's like one part is that's a successful part of the measurement plan the next thing that they have and where everybody's led and that you see, hear a lot of chatter on twitter about is the creative strategy okay and that's not wrong you have to have a creative strategy that is a testing strategy and a iterative creation of like strategy of how you're going to get new stuff in the pipeline okay so how are you testing new hooks? How are you testing uh, different types and formats of creative, um, et cetera? Then you are also, the third part of this is that they are testing to some degree variations on landing pages. And you and I have talked about this a lot. And this is something obviously that's really in your lane, but it has to be, there has to be some variation of not just the classic of collection to PDP, like, oh, let's just try that. We're talking about generally there's some sort of maybe an advertorial, maybe there's a quiz page that helps assign the type of shirt that they would like the best that brings people in and you bring them through the funnel that way. Maybe there's a five reasons type of page, right? So there's some, there's something happening that's not just a, Hey, here's your product. See you later. Bye. Um, you should buy this and thanks. Um, and then there's, and then I think, you know, those, those are like the, the main components, but I would say the next sort of like, part of that of 4A would be channel diversification. So there's some sort of all, uh, channel, not not speaking about email, which I think is uh, an obvious one that most people have to have as an underlying base, uh, underlying base. But I think you're talking about things like there's some testing happening in Performance Max. There's some testing happening in, in TikTok, potentially, depending on where you are, um, or let's say YouTube um, as Performance Max. I mean, obviously that's kind of in there, but there's some other channel testing taking place that it's not all in one bucket. So those are, I think, are the successful components of what I see. So we go, all right, if we want to make it work. So number one, 
if you're still doing the same thing that you did on Facebook 12 months ago, 18, 24 months ago, and you're mad that it doesn't work, all right, at that point, it's on you. If, number two, you got to have, we just have to accept that model data, I would not take it at face value. You don't just trust it on its own. And so you have to have a measurement plan. You could use uh, MERS, or what is our marketing spend versus what do we make? You know, that's a, a larger, like, 10,000-foot view. Um, tools uh, that introduce first-party data, like uh, Triple Whale um, and Northbeam. And, and then also uh, post-purchase attribution surveys. So, you know, like uh, NoCommerce um, and Choir Labs. And among that, so then like, all right, we have a much, if we do those things, we have a much better idea of how these things are actually performing, but still not like a strict one-to-one. But, you know, truthfully, in retrospect, I don't know that we ever actually did have that like genuine one-to-one uh, for attribution. All right, then the other issue is we have to have a creative plan and this is where things got harder rapidly, and TikTok is is what did it. I don't think it's a bad thing, you know. Honestly, like you you don't need to buy additional tools. You, your phone, you have everything, all the tools you need. Like I use an iPhone in Video Shop to edit portrait video very quickly on my phone, or you just do it right in these apps. Like if it works as a reel, it'll probably work as an ad, um, potentially, and so. And then you combine that with with UGC, which now suddenly this year, there's like these platforms and marketplaces popping up where we could buy UGC. Like it's it's a cottage industry of people just sitting in their houses making portrait video. How cool is that? You know, like Shopify Collabs, TikTok, uh, Creator Marketplace. Um, and there's that other one that starts with a B that whose name always escapes me. Like Bilbo Baggins, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and so, and then finally, like you know, ultimately things are, still only as good as the landing page. And that was always the case. Like that, none of that has changed. And so like, yeah, for sure you've got, if you're running that old playbook, you're in trouble. If you're adapting to it and going into it eyes open, and then you're also combining it, you're right, with other channels. Like um, we heard recently, we got the crash course on Google Performance Max from Brett Curry. And that seems, seems legit, has like many of the same issues um, with attribution, but still seemed uh, like it's got potential. And then, of course, you know, your newsletter. I mean, being and even being able to segment and like create audiences from the newsletter to seed lookalike campaigns or the equivalent in PMAX. And then finally, uh, the thing I have not played with that don't particularly have experience with TikTok ads. Like, you could do native advertising on TikTok. Uh, what did I, as a, a recap, did I get it right? Do we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think I think it's. <clears throat> I think there's a couple things to say. One is to jump in really briefly about speaking about um, uh, looking at uh, performance max, and there is a new thing called Advantage Plus that's rolling out to all accounts. Uh, you know, this fall. Um, that's from Meta. That is basically Meta's answer to it. It's a. It's almost exactly like performance max, and it's the idea that you take ads and then you put them in and then let them decide. And it has shown a lot of promise um, and it, it essentially matches, you know, the type of creative to the person based on where they are. And it's, it's much less manual. Right. Um, have you, and it and so is this a beta? Any, have you played with this? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we're t- like, this is like actively being tested. Like we're talking about it. Like I would say right now about 60% of accounts worldwide have advantage plus from Facebook uh, or meta. So, oh, so quite a um, few may have access yeah. to this. 
Yes. And it's, and it's getting better. And you know, there's a lot of, there's best practices for it. You can check out our blog at foxholdigital.com forward slash blog. And that we have content on this that we're actively putting out because it's, you know, there's like what meta says, and then there's like the reality, right? So like, <laughs> Met, so like meta saying, we'll put 10 creatives in the ads advantage plus campaign. Well, it's like, you better see better performance with five. Um, and so there's stuff like that, that is um, part of it that's good. Um, that's helping. But I, but jumping back to the overall point, I think that I just want to validate for brand owners that if you're, you're looking at this and you're talking about this plan and like, this all sounds great, you know, because this is like what I do and what you do. And, but like, if I'm listening to this as brand owner, I'm like, yeah, that's like five times more shit that I have to do that I didn't have to do before. <laughs> like, I mean, people, number one, people don't have any, like already don't have any time. And, you know, people are busy running their businesses. And so it, it is just validating, like to do this right, it takes a lot more work. And then if you're someone that's making X number of dollars on the margin and you're, you don't have the money to hire an agency to help you do this, like it, it how can you not be so frustrated? Like, of yeah, course, you of course you're going to do SEO because you're like, it's a longer play, but like, it'll maybe live longer. Like Rand Fishkin's things like, sounds great to me. So I think that it, you know, validating that to people is important and to be successful today, which you can, and there's still a lot of growth to be had. It just requires a lot more work and you have to make a call of saying, I'm either going to invest in this or, um, and my time in this, or I'm going to hire someone to do it. Um, and you know, you, there's a brand owner that's in the group and he, he, well, there's a lot of brand owners in the group, but one of the guys he wrote and, and saying, I was, I'm seeing a lot of success with this. And he, it was a combination of like all of these things that we have been talking about in the group. And he did it himself. He did this himself. He built the ad himself. He built the quiz form from Octane himself, um, Octane AI, like the quiz format. He built um, all this different type of UGC. He, uh, you know, was running it through and had been testing a lot of stuff and he was seeing success. He was validated in the third party attribution tool and he was scaling on this thing. And I was like, well, that's awesome. You know, like, but to get to that point, he was saying, it's like, it's like 10 hours a week. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's a lot of lift. So I just want to validate that for people. Cause I think it's easy to say on a podcast, you know, it's easy for us to be like, yeah, just like do yeah, all these do other this. things. Yeah. But like, I mean, so but it's a lot of work and a lot of people can't don't don't have a luxury and can't afford it to be honest with you so what so what do you do then so then it's like the answer is okay at a minimum you have to sit down and look at and understand the measurement plan and like how you're actually going to measure this because you can't be reliant on only one thing so if you do nothing else i would do i would test different types of creative and i would have some sort of a plan that looks in a longer window See, because we're still in the days of thinking a lot of people, I talked to an agency owner the other day, like one of the biggest agencies, ironically, in Australia, and she is showing me how they optimize within platform numbers. And I was like, oh, man, like, love you so much. But like, you can't be doing that. Like, you can be doing it with soft metrics, things like click through rate and, see, you know, custom metrics like Seymour rate or thumb stop ratio. But you can't count on the purchases because it, it's just not going to actually be something that's scalable. So if you, you know, have some kind of a plan, okay, this is how we're doing it. You know, we're going to look in a, in a 14 and a 30 day window. And then in the daily basis, we're going to look at these things um, to make decisions. That's, a, that's something that we all have to develop. Um, so I think it can be accomplished with a little bit, you know, from the brand owner side, but it's, it is, it's a different way of thinking and it's a lot more time. And to be honest with you, you know, the, the advice world that I'm a part of, 
Um, you know, that's why I started the membership, to be honest, because I started it uh, because we needed it. Like everybody was saying the diff- different shit. Nobody had any idea what's going on. So anyway, <laughs> that is one of the the odd things about it is like you simultaneously have access to unbelievable educational resources, right? Like there is anything I want to learn. I could find a hundred places and people online that will tell me how to do that. The problem is which one is the right one, right? And you have like all these competing ideas and opinions and you really have no idea until you start just go like, well, I think this one's trustworthy. And so we're going to run down that road. And like you're flipping a coin as to whether or not you you pick the, the right source. But again, it's like yeah. doing is the only way to learn it um, and figure it out. Other, you know, the, your other option is do nothing or uh, throw money at it. Uh, and like, same right. deal. Did I yeah. hire the right agency? Did I hire the right yeah. freelancer? And that's right. a scary yeah. proposition, the, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just to talk about that really briefly, I think that that, that actually is a real challenge that I have that I think everybody has in, in today's digital environment. If you're doing digital marketing or running your business is the bifurcation of information. You have people who, you know, there's a, a guy in our industry that he they come they speak in a way that is so obtuse that you're like confused and that's the marketing strategy is to speak in a way that's so obtuse and confused oh, no. make sure that they feel like they need you okay so that's like that's a problem the reality of all this stuff whether you listen to ezra firestone or who i like a lot uh, and have always liked or you listen to um you know david herman on twitter who is you know a real practitioner in the weeds has been a friend of mine for like 14 years now yeah he's you a good know, dude He's a good dude. Like, here's the real answer is that, like, it depends, number one. And number two, you have to – it's not one answer. And so more of what it is today is, like, looking at the information from people that you trust and then, like, triangulating it to have your own conclusion generally. Like, the formulaic world, we all want a formula. Trust me, I would love to have a formula. And there's some of that, but it's so different than it once was. And so the first step actually is like, if you're going to be assuming this is like, where am I getting that information and how am I going to consume it? Um, It's just like reading the news. I mean, you know that, you know, in the United States anyway, but that's, that actually is an issue because there's a lot of people that say stuff that's confusing. And also people go down the total hole. There's one thing that's been talked about in our industry all the time, because people, agencies are finding better margins on creative services. Okay. So they're going to bump up creative services. Well, there's, then you have people creating podcasts, dissecting ads. Okay. That's a great idea. I think that's helpful for people, but then you actually ask the question, okay, does an ad that has a better hook rate or a see more rate where people are clicking on seeing more on the video itself, does that actually translate to better results? Well, then you get into the weeds. Not always. (laughs) So like, you spend, I mean, yeah, you can create better ads, but like sometimes take a photo on your phone of you wearing the hat that you're selling and like that performs better than anything else. Because it's so, real. Right. So I guess my point is, is that like you can easily overthink this stuff and that it, that's sort of the rabbit hole you want to go down. But it's also like there's parts to this, but it's also like just start somewhere, right, of trying one of those components. Um to see if there's success there. So anyway, I'm just validating outwardly a lot of the feelings that I, hopefully some of you have had. Because I don't think there's a lot of people that speak like this in the industry. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to just be really honest about it. You know, it, it feels good to have a authentic conversation about it. <laughs> right. 
Uh, hashtag authentic. Yeah. yeah, like such a buzzword. Do you still use a horse and buggy? How about a fax machine? No? Then don't use a regular Shopify theme when you can use Zipify Pages. Just ask this Zipify user. Zipify Pages. I just found that it converts so much better than any Shopify theme I have used before. And you can create high converting landing pages in really the matter of minutes. Zipify Pages is a powerful landing page and sales funnel builder on Shopify. All their templates are tested and proven by a $155 million e-commerce brand. So you know their stuff actually works. You can copy entire templates, like opt-in pages, product pages, and holiday promotions, or use the drag-and-drop builder to create your own custom layouts. Then publish your pages directly onto your Shopify store. Plus, all pages are optimized for mobile, and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,500 Shopify merchants. To start your free 14-day trial, go to zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Instagram was like the one that gave us influencer culture and then like had this very clear aesthetic. And it was all based on you had to show it was all based on like success, which was kind of interesting. So like Instagram had this very <laughs> yeah. everything was like this real polished look that lent itself to a lot of fakery to keep up with that. Like, how am I going to post daily content about all my world travels? Right. It's just who has this budget? Um, and <laughs> right. then, you know, <laughs> over time. And then it, it turns into recycled content where it's like, we're just going to post memes, memes, memes on Instagram. And then right. the next platform shows up. I don't know. Uh, thinking about the, yeah, I mean, the life cycle the of social media platforms is a little weird. Well, it is. I mean, jumping back to the TikTok thing, which I think is important to also talk about for people. You know, TikTok itself is... Uh, has been has been good if it's in your niche and it works. And I think it works your in more niches than I than I would have thought. Right? Yeah. If your audience is there, it it works in more places than I would have imagined. Like what? Um, I mean, you know, like there. An example is something like, um, you know, farmer TikTok is very popular. <laughs> See, okay? I wouldn't have guessed like, that. Yeah, like people on tractors, you know, because. A lot of tractors now are self-driving, so, like, farmers have a lot of time on their hands. I mean, somebody's going to hit me up and say that's not true, but I think a lot of modern farmers that are in the United States doing soybean and corn, which, you know, a lot of people are, there's, like, time to sit on your phone and, like, be in the tractor as your harvest season because it's driving itself, and all you have to do is turn it when it gets to the end of the row. So that's a thing. So, like, that's interesting. There are that there are active communities there. The issue that I think, and, and it's helped people be successful, and... um you know, I did an interview with David and Cody Plofker from Jones Road um, earlier this year and sold those as webinars. And we got into the into the deep uh, parts of TikTok. And it, it, it really has helped a lot of people grow. It's interesting. However, the downside of it is the content that it needs, like the volume is so absurd. <laughs> like you I'm talking like to do it well. You know, you can test it at like five videos a week, but like if you really are starting to scale, we're talking like 10 new creatives a week that you got to be pumping into this baby because it dies so quickly. Um, so that's really a lot. So that's the downside of it is that it's created even more work on that side of it. But yeah, wait, um, you know, I got to be feeding this thing polished portrait video content that hooks people 
How many times a week? I mean, I think to do it right today, it has to, you know, if you're spending like a, a decent amount of money, you know, you're talking like five to 10 new pieces of video a week that you're going to want to be cycling in. Yeah, you, there's no standpoint. way to, yeah, unless that like your full-time job is content production. How are you going to do yeah, that? Well, and even then, like yeah. you run out of ideas. That's true. I mean, I you know, there's one guy that um, he, it's like a gifting thing that they anyway it's like gifts it's like it's like a um edible arrangement type thing it's not but it's like that kind of format anyway he's in the group and he he does uh he said three a week and i think they're spending like probably something like maybe five to ten thousand a month when he said that's on the low side for them but he but he makes sure those are absolute bangers so like it's that the downside is it's just like it's more work but it it can be helpful um and it it is something that if you are looking at channel diversification and you know that your customers are there conversing, it's worth trying. It's worth that effort. I think, especially if you have something that's unique um, and you're creating like TikTok style content, the good part is if you've developed, if you're starting to develop it for TikTok, it generally can be used over on Instagram and it'll do pretty well. Instagram, you know, TikTok style content on Instagram actually does pretty well. So TikTok has trained us what good video is, right? It's kind of interesting in that like the algorithm has has trained the people who are using it as to what works. And it's you need that generally the videos got to be they have to be fast or at least start that way and have like a lot of quick edits, you know, for like one to three seconds and your hook needs to happen immediately there's no like you know let's take it slow and build up here get some hype no you open with what it is in the the first two seconds um or they're just swiping in the next because it's like i'm just gonna it's too easy to skip it so if something performs well for that algorithm that's probably going to work well as an ad at least as a thumb stopper now whether or not it gets people to buy that's a different story mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean um it's been it's it's wild i mean Teacher TikTok is another one that's really wild, like re- like educator TikTok. I mean, that it, doesn't it surprises <laughs> me, and it doesn't. It like it yeah. it makes sense, yeah. you know. Like kids yeah. are on it, and so like teachers will often adopt things that their kids do because they want to connect with them, um, and and see what's going on and be part of the conversation. And so you see, all right, now they're on TikTok and have had their own thing, and a lot of educators, um, you know, like going into the profession are younger. And so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? What are, we're we're coming to the end of our time together. Have you done anything with? Have you tried direct mail? Yeah, you know it's it, we have with a couple places, and um, I got inspired to give it a shot uh, through um, Zach Stuck, who heads up Homestead. You know, he's he's one of my actually one of my closest friends, and he said they were he'd seen decent results with it. Um, and so I talked to Drew Sanaki, who owns Postpilot, and. Um, Anyway, we fired it up for just a loyalty campaign, and it and it did great. Like it actually did re- really well, and it, it integrates with Clavio. Like it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to be honest. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that that is another thing that's that's decent. Um, that I think you, that's worth giving a shot to, especially just especially during Q four. Really, I mean, right, like the holiday season. That's like a win back getting, too. Yeah, win back. I mean, even card abandoners. That's a nice one. So. Um, the QR code thing, you know, I I always hated QR codes, but like they actually worked in the one that we did, so that's funny. Oh, which, you put the QR codes it, on the direct mail 
on the postcard. Put the QR code and and a, a unique code too, so it was in both places. That so the QR brought them to a specific URL, um, and then uh, with like kind of the it didn't have it preloaded, but it was like built for the campaign. It's easy thing to spool up. So that was nice, and then we had the code on there too. So kind of like doubly, um, doubly making sure that they saw that there was the discount thing. But so that's that's another thing to give a shot to. Um, I think that's a nice that's a nice compliment. I think that that's that is the fact that we're talking about direct mail is a is underscores the point that you you can't just do one thing anymore. I don't think it was ever it. the. It was a strange universe in which you could do only one thing. Think yeah, yeah, about yeah. No, I, all I advertising prior to Facebook oh, ads totally. popping off. It yeah, was right. it was solely about staying top of mind through frequency of impressions, and that's why it's like right. we have a magazine ad, we have a radio ad, we have a billboard, we have TV ads. We're gonna send you mail. All of it was to increase the total number of impressions. Now those tools have been democratized. There is so much more competition because these things are so much more accessible. So it's right. like it's pay to play, but 500 bucks you could start advertising on TV because of streaming services. Like yeah. you could get ads on Hulu or Sling for 500 bucks. You can advertise in, in podcasts. That's modern radio. You could advertise on radio if someone still has one of those. Um, <laughs> Your Beatle does. Uh, yeah. The What's funny, I have a extremely odd configuration on our Tesla I do not have AM, FM, or satellite radio. Just like nice. it's a weird. I had one of there's a lot of odd <laughs> configurations with those cars. My no radio whatsoever. <laughs> but you're really you're you know you're the master of the old car, so you're very familiar with it. Did any does your Bronco have a a track player or anything cool like that? No, I'm sad. Both of them had like janky Best Buy radio installs done before I got them, uh, and so sure. I put in like nice aftermarket radios that match. But I I'm sad I don't have the originals. Okay, closing thoughts here. Facebook ads work. The landscape can still work. The landscape has changed. Number one, we we need a measurement plan. Number two, the same old content's not going to work. It sounds like we need uh, UGC video content, but ultimately just to be open and willing to try and test different things continuously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, number three, as always, the landing page will make or break you. No one wants to mm -hmm. hear that, but that's the case. Um, and then uh, number four, it's hard no matter who you are. It's, you know, who happens to be lucky enough to be able to like throw resources into it. And occasionally you get lucky and you have a niche where it's easier. Yeah, I think, yes, the, the answer is yes. And um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about this. And, if, you know, if you're, I, I think just to, to, uh, to talk about it, two, two promotional things. One is if you're interested in looking at the community, foxwelldigital.com forward slash membership. Um, is the Foxwell Founders Group. And, um, you know, it's it's a supportive group. And I think that there's a lot of help. I know there's a lot of help that happens in there. It lives as, as a Slack group. Um, and so that's one thing I think if you're looking for. We also have a new course out called uh, the AAA program, which is uh, Assessment, Action, Ascension. And really it takes you into from, you know, zero to 10 basically of, what people need to know about advertising now. And it walks you through a lot of stuff we just talked about in deep detail. It's like, it's, it's absurd. It's, it's seven and a half hours of content, to be honest. So it's going to get you, it's going to be a lot. Um, but that's an option too. So I wanted to mention that because there, there are resources. And if you also don't want to spend any money and you just want to email me, you can always hit me up at foxwelldigital.com and I'm happy to help, you know, um, 
point you in the right direction of thing. I think that part of it, part of my mission now is really just validating that people, it's, it's tough. It's tougher than it used to be. And so it, the answers are much more complex and you have to live in that nuance. And if you're ready to live in the nuance and the complexity, then we can help. Hmm. I really like, I like that approach. I like acknowledging this. I like trying to come up with constructive solutions. I, I greatly appreciate what you're doing here. Uh, this episode has tons of links in the show notes. Uh, tap or swipe up on the show art to get to those. But of those links, please be sure to check out Foxwell Digital, where there are a ton of resources, especially uh, their blog, um, their webinar series, courses, community. Check that stuff out. Andrew Foxwell, foxwelldigital.com. Thank you so much. This has been been inspiring. Yeah, man. Thank you. Hold up. Stop what you're doing. Go log in your Shopify store. You there yet? Okay, check your apps. How many do you have installed right now? More important, how much money are you paying for those apps every month? Here's the reality. Most Shopify store owners are managing dozens of marketing apps, but you don't necessarily need all those apps to drive sales. That's why I recommend my friends at Privy. With the Privy app, you can take advantage of at least five apps in one. Manage all your website conversion, list growth, email, and SMS marketing all in one place. Yes, that also includes features like countdown timers, cross-sell campaigns, free shipping bars, abandoned cart emails, you name it, this thing is powerful. So save the time, money, and headaches from toggling between dozens of apps and get Privy today.